Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. ...of Moab under the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all of Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah under the uttermost sea. In the south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed, and I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes. But you shall not go over thither. I have caused you to see it with your eyes, but you can't go over. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Peor. But no man knoweth of his sepulcher or his grave unto this day. And Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died. His, eyes was, his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plain of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for, Moab, for Moses were ended. Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded Moses. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall you divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 9. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with you whithersoever you go on the verge of victory. You're so close that you can see it. You're so close that you can feel it. You're so close that you can almost take hold of it. It is within your reach. It is within your grasp. You can almost taste it. You're on the very edge the very verge of victory, the brink of the blessing, the threshold of the triumph. It is right there. And then it happens. You miss. You fall short. Almost. I watched an Olympic uh, competition in a ski board competition. 
And the girl from the United States, it's a race, but you have to go over all these jumps, and you're on the ski board, and, and, and you have to do tricks and all of that. And everyone else is lagging behind. The American girl is out in front. All she has is one more jump. And she decides to hot dog it. Looking over her shoulder, seeing how far everyone else is behind. One more jump, the finish line, the gold medal. It's within your reach. And when she does the trick, she reaches for a board and misses. And goes sprawling in the snow. Gets up to the silver place, not the gold. So close. It's fourth down and one on the one. A few seconds left in the game. One play and you win. And all of a sudden you get a delay of game penalty and you lose 20 to 21. It's the national championship. You're one point behind with seconds left. You're driving for the winning basket and turn the ball over on the verge. I watched it in my own son's life as he ran cross country in high school. I watched him as he'd get up every morning and run five miles and come home before he went to school and ice down his shins because he had terrible shin splints. And after school, he'd go run another five miles so that he could run a 3.1-mile race. And it came that climactic moment at the University of Oral Roberts, and it's a hilly course, and it's a November day, and it's cold, and it's windy, and the top ten runners will be all state that year. And I watched him as he struggled through the wind and over the hills. And when he comes to the finish line, 32 hundredths of one second, one step, 11th place, honorable mention, but not all state. You're on the verge. You're on the threshold. You're so close you can taste it. You can feel it. It's almost within your grasp. Don't we live there? We're almost to that place of spiritual triumph and victory that God wants us to have. Because you see, if there's anything that the Word of God tells us, it is that God wants us living in fullness, spiritual fullness. He wants you to have life and that more abundantly, wave upon wave upon wave, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He's come that you might have the fullness of life. That's why he died. He wants you to have the fullness of spiritual experience. It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. He wants you to be sanctified. This is the will of God. Even your sanctification that you abstain from fornication. Jesus loved the church, gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it through the washing of the water by the word. He wants you to be full of the Holy Ghost. For he said the promise is unto you and unto your children and to those that are far off and as many as the Lord thy God shall call. He wants you to be healed by his stripes. We were healed with his stripes. We are healed. He not only wants you to have the fullness of spiritual experience, he wants you to have the fullness of spiritual blessing. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. He wants you to have spiritual triumph. Amen. He said no weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
Every voice that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the children of God. And I am their righteousness, saith the Lord. I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And nothing by any means shall harm you. I give you power to tread upon lions and young lions and dragons and adders. He said, he causes us always to triumph in Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is within us than he that is within this world. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put the enemy to fight. He wants you having fullness. That's what it's all about. And we're on the verge, on the brink, on the threshold Oh, oh, you see it in the scripture all the time, don't you? Abraham, God wanted him to live at Beersheba. It is the oasis of God's presence, of God's promise, of God's provision. And Abraham comes by and he plants trees and he builds altars. He's so close, but he doesn't dwell there. Just missed. Oh, in the New Testament, that rich young ruler, Jesus said there's only one thing that you lack. If you would make God your God instead of gold your God, if you'd take everything you had, sell it, give it to the poor, you'd have riches in heaven, and then you could come and follow. It's within his reach. But he's holding on to a lot of things and not about to let go, so he goes away sad and grieved. And another came to Jesus and said, Good Master, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus quoted from the Old Testament, Love the Lord God totally, love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said, If you love God with everything and you love your neighbor as yourself, that's better than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrificial system. And Jesus said, You're not far from the kingdom of God. Within your grasp. Paul preached to Agrippa. And he said, after he had heard Paul reasoning, he said, almost, you're on the verge, you're on the brink, it's within your grasp. But somebody said, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. And you miss. The best story in the Old Testament is Moses. You know the story. God promised Abraham the inheritance. He renewed the promise by inheritance to Isaac and to Jacob. And he said to Abraham, even though your descendants go into bondage, I will visit them in the fourth generation. And now after 420 long years of Egyptian bondage and servitude, God fulfills his promise. And he raises up Moses, drawn out of the waters of destruction of the Nile, puts the rod of God in his hand and the name of Jehovah on his lips, and he's going to bring them up out of Egypt. And he does it with a stretched out arm and a mighty hand of deliverance. And through the Passover, they're delivered from the penalty of sin, which is death. And they're delivered from the power of sin, which is servitude and bondage. And they're delivered from the presence of sin. Because he's not just going to bring them up out of Egypt. He's going to bring them into the land, the fullness of what he promised them. And in the space of two years, in a winding path, he rolls back the waters of the Red Sea. He gives them manna from heaven and quail by an east wind and water from a smitten rock. He brings them to Sinai and gives them organization in the law and a sacrificial system. And in two years, he brings them to Kadesh Barnea. And right there it is. Everything he's promised. And he said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, it's yours. You can have it. You're on the brink. You're on the threshold. You're on the verge. Go up and take the land. And they send out spies. 
and two of the spies come back and say it is everything that God said it was and more. It is a land that is well watered. It is a land that flows with milk, sustenance, necessity, honey, the sweetness of the extra provisions of God's grace. It's all there. And ten of the spies said, but. It's always those buts. But there are giants in the land and there are fenced cities and strongholds and, and, and there are soldiers and we've been nothing but servants for 430 long years. We are insects in our sight and in theirs. And they got a grasshopper complex. And the Lord said if you're willing and obedient you'll eat the good of the land. You can take it. And they fell to fear. And disobedience, unbelief. Unbelief is disobedience. And they said, we can't. And they refused to go up. And when they saw that they had missed the will of God, that they were on the verge, it was right there, they carried the grapes on their shoulders. Then, after losing faith in God's faithfulness, they decided to go up anyway. And when you lose faith in God's faithfulness, four things always happen. You get afraid. And then you get disobedient. And then you become self-reliant and prideful and we can do this on our own. And then when that fails and you're defeated, you get angry. Angry at Moses. Angry at God. And for the next 38 years, though they were stood on the verge of the victory, they go in circles around the same mountain for 38 years in the wilderness. And they fell to fear and unbelief. And they fell to tempting God. And they fell to fornication and lusting and idolatry and murmuring and complaining. And every time God brings them around the mountain, they're on the verge of going in and they refuse. They never lost the presence of God. He's an overshadowing cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. They're in the desert. You know what that means? They had built-in air conditioning. There was a cloud that covered them and made them cool in the day. It gets cold in the desert at night, but he's a pillar of fire in the middle of the camp. They had central heat and air for 38 years. They never lost the presence of God. The angel of the Lord went before them. They never lost the provisions of God. Their clothes did not wear out. He gave them manna six days a week and enough on the sixth for the seventh. He gave them water from a smitten rock. And the Bible said that smitten rock was Christ. He gave them protection from their enemies. And he had the promise it's yours. But in spite of everything they had, they never possessed it. In fact, they griped. They griped about Moses. They griped about God. They griped about manna. I mean, if you've had it six days a week and, and twice on Sunday, when you boiled it, baked it, fricasseed it, you know what they call manna? What is it? That's what manna means. What is it? And the Bible said they came to loathe that light bread. They loathe the provisions of God. And so every time they got ready, they finally, one of them said, wish to God we had died in Egypt. You brought us out here in this wilderness to destroy. God said, okay, that's what you want. And so he said, everybody that's 20 years old and up that failed to go in will die in the wilderness. A million funerals. And after 38 years, Moses is on the verge. He's on the top of Pisgah. He can see it with his eyes. 
But he's disobeyed God because the Lord said, speak to the rock. And in anger, he smote the rock. And the Lord said, you will see it with your eyes, but you will not go in. And Moses died. So close. A whole lifetime on the brink. And what I've come to tell you this morning, if there's so many of you of what God's been doing in these services, you're on the brink of a blessing like you've never experienced. You're on the threshold of a spiritual triumph that will transform your life and your family and your relationships forever. You're on the verge of ultimate spiritual victory. You're right there. So how do we enter? Well, there's four principles really quick. The first one is you have to understand that the past is gone, but the power of God's never changed. You know, the first thing God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Duh. We've just He's just been buried by God, and we've wept for him for 30 days. And the Lord says to Joshua, son, Moses, my servant, is dead. The past is gone and you cannot recall it. You cannot bring it back. You can't bring people back. You can't bring, oh, hallelujah. You can't bring relationships back. You can't bring situations back. You can't bring leadership back. The past is dead. It's gone. Oh, I know. I'm 60-some years old and I get nostalgic in this generation that we live in and I want to bring back my music all of my love all of my kisses you don't know what you've been that's music Duke, 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 Duke of Earl Duke that's music I don't know what's going on now but guess what they've done they've made my music Elevator music, and they use it for commercials. That's sacrilege. But guess what? It ain't coming back. And, I, and I, you know, what I watch when, when I do switch to some channels and see a little bit of the garbage, I want Mayberry RFD back. Leave it to Beaver, Ozzy, and Harriet. Father knows best. You know, guess what? It's a Lady Gaga generation. It ain't coming back. And, and what you understand spiritually is that the past is gone. But the truth is, though the past is gone, the power of God never changes. For the Lord said, as I was with Moses, so shall I also be with you. Not one man will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. As I was to him, I am to you in this generation. God is the same yesterday and today and forever and he changes not. And what he was in the past, he is in the present. And that's what he said to Moses. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of people. I use ordinary people. I'm the God of the past. I'm the God of a promise. I'm the God of performance. If I say it's going to happen, it's going to come to pass. If I speak it, it will happen. I am the God of power. I can transform any situation. But most of all, Moses, I am the God of now. I am that I am that I am. 
what I was, I am. What I am, I always will be. I will never be diminished from one generation to the next. I am always the same. Oh, hallelujah. So you don't need the past. You just need to know that the power of God's the same right now. Hallelujah. Well, the second, how are we going to enter? Second lesson is you got to put away the mistakes of the past. What's kept you out? What's kept you on the verge but won't allow you to enter? If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Insanity is repeating the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And some of us do that spiritually. You keep doing the same situations and the same tests and the same trials and the same over and over. You keep repeating the mistakes. You know what kept them in the wilderness? Fear. God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of the soundness of mind. Disobedience or partial obedience. Doesn't matter. Partial obedience is disobedience. I don't have time to go on that story. You can read about Saul yourself. He kept the best of the fox, partially obeyed God. Won't work. And then the Bible said they fell to tempting God. They demanded that God acted out of his character. They said after they had had manna and quail, they said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? And they tempted God. And they fell to lusting and they built idols. And they went into sexual impurity and immorality. And most of all, they spent 38 years griping, murmuring. They griped about Moses. They griped about God. They griped about manna. They, they were going to the blessing like this. Looking back over their shoulder at Canaan. What they used to have. Leeks, melons, cucumbers, fish, garlic. What about tasks they couldn't bury and the death of their own children? Didn't remember any of that. And they spent 38 years griping and the things that they did kept them out. And what's keeping you out? You have to put away the mistakes of the past. You know how they did it? Joshua brings them down the Jordan, Jordan River and it's flooded. And he says, a priest's going to step in, the water's going to roll back. And then when they had all came across, he said, I want you to take 12 stones from this side, Jordan, and I want you to build your marker right out there in the dry bed of that flooded river. And then I want you to take 12 stones and go over on the Canaan, the victory side, and build 12 stones as another monument. And in years to come, your children will pass this way, and they'll say, what do these stones mean? Oh, that somebody would have such an experience and an encounter with God that the next generation would want to know what happened in their life. That the next generation would want to encounter the same God that they... Amen. But you know what Joshua said? He said, you see those 12 stones right there in the river? That's where I died. I stepped out in a flooded river. I died right there to fear. I died right there to unbelief. I died right there to murmuring and complaining and lusting. I died. That's a grave marker I died. Oh, but you see that rocks over on the other side? That's not a grave marker. That's a memorial. That's a monument to the living God that rolled back the waters of death and brought me across dry shod and resurrected me into the newness of life and brought me into the fullness of God. I died to the past right there, but I'm alive over here. You got to put away the mistakes of the past. Thirdly, you have to position yourself under the authority of the captain of the Lord's host. Joshua's getting ready to attack Jericho. And he sees a soldier. Joshua's no coward. Whips out his sword. Says, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And the soldier says, neither. I am the captain of the host of the Lord. I am the angel of God's army. 
It's a theophany. It's an appearing of Jesus in the Old Testament because he is the captain of the Lord's host. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the moment Joshua saw him, he fell on his face and he took his shoes off his feet. And he said he was saying by that, I can't buy this inheritance. You've already paid for it. I can't conquer it because we're slaves, not soldiers. Amen. I can't do it in my own strength, but I can do it in yours. And Joshua looked up and said, what does the Lord say to his servant? All Joshua did was change masters. He had been the servant of Moses for 38 years. And now he's the servant of the captain of the Lord. So he discovered it's better to be second in command of God's army than first in command of your own army. He positioned himself under lordship. He's waiting for you to do Romans 12, 1 and 2. Present yourself, therefore, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You have to position yourself under his lordship. He's the head of your life. And he's the Lord of the church. The last thing is, you have to bring the power of God in the camp. Nothing's going to happen until the power of God comes in the camp. Don't you remember the ark between the wings of the cherubim? That's where God dwells. That's where his Shekinah glory, his anointing, his power, his presence is. And Joshua said, I, I, I want you to bring the ark of, of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth. And I want you to put on the shoulders of, of priests, sanctified men. And I want them to step into this flooded water. Well, wouldn't you want to be a priest that day? It's all right with you. I'll just stay on the bank. Thank you. No, somebody has to be anointed enough and have faith enough to believe that we don't have to live 38 years on the verge, that we can possess and take the land, that every place the sole of our foot treads upon is ours. And to do that, you have to bring the power of God upon your shoulders. Someone has to be so anointed that the Shekinah glory of God rests upon them because it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's not by ingenuity and ability and technology. It's the anointing that causes yokes to be broken. And they put the ark on their shoulder and stepped in the flooded river. And we read it, and the waters broke. Go read it again. Joshua said, and the waters were cut off 13 miles upstream by Adam or Zeratan, and they stacked up a heap, blocked, cut off. And then they flowed all the way to the Dead Sea. That's 13 miles. So somebody had to stand in the flooded waters with the ark of God's glory on their shoulder until 13 miles of flood water rolled by them. Some of you are so close, and just before you receive, you say, oops, still flooded, I'm going to step back, and you miss. No, just be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because the water's about to flow on past you. And the moment it all flows past, it's dry land, and all of Israel passed over hard against Jericho. And that day, the old manna and the old wine ceased, and they had the new corn and the new wine of the land. They came into fullness because when the ark comes in, the wilderness of sin is defeated. Hallelujah. The waters of fear roll back. The walls of Jericho and opposition fall down. The wiles of the Gibeonites are revealed. The weakness at Ai is defeated. And that wicked alliance of five kings are destroyed. And you have the land because the anointing causes all those yokes to be destroyed. So you're so close. All he's waiting for you to remember is past is gone. But God's power is the same. 
every generation I am. He's just waiting for some of you to put away the mistakes of the past that's kept you out. Some of you need to position yourself under his lordship. You say, Lord, Lord, but you don't do what he says. And some of you, he's just waiting for you to become the vessel that the ark of his glory rests on. You to step out. So the waters roll back and we all come across into triumph and victory. Anybody want spiritual experience, fullness? Anybody want fullness of spiritual blessing? Anybody want to live in the middle of spiritual triumph? Anybody tired of wandering in the wilderness, going in circles, when you can come in and possess the land? If you mean that, I want you to stand with me right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So close. One point ahead. National championship basketball game. Ten seconds. Other team has the ball. You have to guard them for ten seconds. Keep them from shooting. Seven. Six, five, four, can't get the ball inside. Three, two, one. They fire the ball inside to the center. And our guy reaches out and hits him. And the whistle blows with five-tenths of a second. Five-tenths of a second on the clock. And their guy goes to the line. Swoosh. swoosh up by one and in five tenths it's physically impossible to get a shot off a half a second and yet some of you are a half a second away from the fullness of what God wants you to have and what I need right now as we close this service the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I need about four or five people to step out and come up here and join me because you feel like God wants to put the ark of his glory on your shoulder this morning. That you that you have enough faith that brother Bob, if God puts the ark as he puts the ark of his anointing upon my life, I'm going to step out in these waters. And I'm going to stand with you until they roll back. I need about four or five people the Holy Spirit speaking to right now to step out and say, I'm one of those people. I believe God's going to put the ark of God's glory on my shoulder this morning. And I'm ready to stand no matter how flooded the water. Stand right there, Tina. Come on, I need quickly two or three others. Come on, I, I don't want to call you. I, I want it to be because the Lord's putting it in your heart. The Lord's putting it in your heart. One right there, one right there, one right there. Amen, right there, right there. Just turn around and face one another. Would you do that? Two more quickly quickly. Somebody else. God's speaking to your heart. Won't you? Amen. God's doing this. Now, we're just going to stand here. That's all they did. They just stood with God's anointing. Faith that we don't have to wander in the wilderness another 38 years. And we're just going to hold our hands up. The glory of God is coming on these people right now. And if you want 
to do more than live on the threshold, on the brink, on the verge. And you're ready to come into the fullness spiritually, experience victory, blessing. Whatever's been keeping you out, you're going to put that aside right now. God's the same. And, I, and Brother Bob, I'm leaving everything that's kept me out behind me. And I'm coming under the authority of the Lord. And I'm going to start walking, praying, believing. And while they stand here, God's going to roll the water. <laughs> God's going to roll the water back. All the hindrances are going to be removed. And when you get over here, victory, fullness, not, not threshold, triumph, not brink, blessing, not verge, but victory, milk and honey and fullness. Got to believe it. But if you believe it, what I want you to do is right now, I want you to step out where you are. And I want you by faith just to raise your hands and say, Lord, I'm leaving everything that's kept me out behind. And when I get over there, I'm going to have the fullness of God. And I want you to come right now. It's got to come by faith. Would you do it? You want to come into the fullness. I want you to believe God. Somebody by faith. You're ready to come into the fullness. So I want you to step out and come into God's fullness. Lord, when I get there, <laughs> when I get there, it's going to be there. Oh, right there. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to break the yoke. And I'm coming into that fullness, Lord. I'm receiving the fullness of what you have in my life. Lord, I put aside everything that's held me back. And right now, I come into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I come into the fullness of your provision. I want you just to stop up there and pray with us as they come across. Lord, right now, I'm going to receive. Lord, when I get there. Oh, hallelujah, it's right there. When I get there, Lord. Past is behind, power's the same, and I'm entering the fullness of God. And I'm going to receive this morning, Lord, right there. Right there. Hallelujah. Lord, it's going to come, the fullness. Waters are rolled back. <laughs> Waters are rolled back. And I'm going to have the fullness of your presence, Lord. The fullness of your provision. You're doing it right there in my life. Hallelujah. Lord, it's mine. I claim it right now. Every place that the sole of my foot treads upon is mine. And I'm receiving it. The past is gone. But the power of God's the same. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Lord, I've been so close. But right now, roll back. Hallelujah. Roll back. <laughs> I'm receiving right there. Hallelujah. Lord, everything my heart's desired in you. I delight myself in you and you're giving me the desiring of my heart and I walk into that fullness right now. Lord, your power is the same. What you said, you're going to do. What you spoke is going to happen. <laughs> it's not diminished and I walk into the fullness of what you have. Waters are rolled back. Lord, you know my need. And right now, Lord, when I get on the other side, oh, hallelujah. The fullness of what you promised is going to be released in my life. Lord, I'm receiving right there in the name of Jesus. Lord, so close. But I reach out and I take it. Every place the sole of my foot treads upon is mine. Lord, what you promised you're going to fulfill. What you said you're going to do. You're bringing it to pass right now, Lord. Every obstacle is left behind, and I come into new wine, new corn, the fullness of your provision. I receive it right now, Lord. Oh, hallelujah.
Lord, what I've longed, desired, sought. Throw it back, Lord. Bring me across into the fullness of God. Lord, you're going to release it in my life right now. I need new corn and new wine. Lord, you're, you're rolling away the obstacles of the past, and I'm walking into the freshness of victory right now. It's mine in the name of Jesus. It's mine in the name of Jesus, Lord. The fullness of your presence. The fullness of your triumph. Greater is he in me. I come into that fullness right there. Right there. I'm walking into it right now. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> Glory to God. Water roll back. Because I'm coming across. Hallelujah. Fullness. You're coming right there. <laughs> Fullness. You're coming right right there in the name of Jesus. Fullness. Oh, Lord. The anointing that causes every yoke to be dissolved and destroyed is mine in the name of Jesus. And I walk into it right now. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.